everyone and welcome. I'm Ritika Fleming, Executive Research um, Leader at HFS and your host for a videocast today, a short conversation with um, a few industry leaders on this idea of data-driven finance. Um, HFS recently did a study with um, EXL uh, where we looked at um, businesses that you know need to balance growth and profitability in uh, a harsh um, economic environment today. Um, you know we believe data-driven finance and the need for better analytics, AI uh, is really the future for this industry. So we put that concept to the test and, and surveyed 207 uh, senior finance leaders. So we'd love to share some of that research and data with you here today, as well as perspectives from from clients and and the industry. So joining me today um, are um, Narsimhan Kinney from EXL, Executive Vice President and definitely an FNA um, you know thought leader, uh, Anita Mahone, Executive Vice President and Head of the Healthcare Business at EXL. So we're looking forward to getting some vertical insights from her. And finally, uh, HFS's Saurabh Gupta, um, President of Research and Advisory Services. Thank you for joining us everyone. Um, so let's dive in. Um, first up, would love to understand, um, you know, given wars, pandemics, inflation, um, there, there's a lot uh, going on in, in, in global business uh, environments today. So what is the North Star for, for CFOs, really? Uh, I'd love to start off maybe with, with Kinney, and, and this is one for everyone. Thanks, Ritika. So when we talk to our customers, uh, the number one priority is for the CFO organization is to help the businesses drive sustainable growth and long-term value creation. Now, historically, if you see the finance uh, function has, has not been focusing on this as a priority. However, as we see the finances and the CFO role is changing and they are embracing and adopting the priority that is critical for the business. And therefore the number one priority that we hear is to help drive sustainable growth and value creation in the organization. The second thing that we hear about is how can they increase the use of data and technology? Now, clearly, finance function has been the custodian of uh, data uh, for a long time. However, now the focus is to harness that data, derive the meaningful insights and actionable insights, and feed that to the business. And number three, and perhaps even more importantly, is talent management. Now, as I spoke, uh, the CFO priorities are changing. It is becoming more and more complex. Now, to manage that, you need the right talent. And in today's world, uh, where you know, talent is becoming uh, the most precious uh, asset in the organization, that has definitely become a priority for uh, the finance function. So those are the three top priorities. Uh, that we hear from our customers. Sure. Anita, are you seeing the same in healthcare? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I think, you know, and it, it's getting more complicated in healthcare. So 
you know, I agree with what Kenny has said on the, the priorities, you know, creating that sustainable revenue growth, uh, learning how to use the data better and um, building up the talent that you need to do that. I would say on top of that in healthcare, uh, there many of our clients are facing a changing revenue model. Uh, most are engaged in value-based care in one way or another. Um, and in order to succeed in value-based care, they need to know that their organizations are set up to be able to manage population health. Uh, and they need to you know, be in a place to be able to deliver insights to the organization when they still have time to make changes operationally to make a difference. So they, they don't wanna be you know, behind the curve in understanding how their value-based contracts are performing. They wanna get out in front of it and uh, be able to show the organization a couple of months into the contract, not you know, after the year has passed or, or now with some more, um, uh, more data-driven of our clients even to see, you know, within by the end of the week, you know, within the month, what's happened to my payer mix? Where are my volumes? You know, is the risk as I expected? Are the payments going to be as expected? So I think they're finding with these changing reimbursement models and uh, changing the changing healthcare environment and the economic uncertainty that they're looking to do, you know, everything can you describe, but do it even, you know, ever faster than before. Great. And Saurabh, what does our research show on this? I think exactly what Kenny and Anita just articulated, mm -hmm. uh, which is a good thing, right? Um, but I think it's, you know, I think finance will always be focused on cost and compliance. I think that doesn't go away. I think those things are important. Uh, but I think what's happening is cost and compliance alone uh, is not enough. It's it's almost becoming a hygiene for finance executives to drive cost and compliance. Beyond that, they need to drive better business outcomes, whether it's working capital, whether it's DSO or DPO, or however we want to look at look at it and drive those business outcomes at the speed of light, right? As, as Anita was saying. And then last but not the least, they need to be able to influence the enterprise, right? It's they need to be a strategic, almost like a consulting organization to the enterprise to help them drive growth and innovation. And I think it's that, how do you balance these four priorities at the same time? You know, on one hand, you need to drive cost, you need to drive compliance, you need to drive business outcomes at the speed of light, but at the same time, drive and enable growth and innovation, I think. So it's a it's a complicated multivariate equation um, that, that CFOs have to struggle with today. So, yeah. so, uh, you know, if, if the majority of enterprises agree, um, you know, we need to become more data proficient, that's going to help finance become, um, you know, more strategic in, in their partnering with, with business. Um, why aren't we there yet? Uh, right? I feel like um, the, those were some of the strongest findings of, of the study that we did. Um, Saurabh, t tell us where people are on this journey today, uh, and, and let's talk about it. I I think um, I think our study found out that only about a fourth, uh, perhaps even less than that, of uh, these two hundred odd uh, global two thousand organizations that we reached out to 
self-confessed to be data champions, right? To be uh, to to have uh, mature data practices. Um, to be honest, I was quite surprised by that. I would have thought that as as finance professionals, if nothing, everybody knows Excel, right? So they should have been they should have been better uh, than that. Um, but I don't think but I don't think that's what data-driven finance means, right? And I think it's important to understand what data-driven finance really means. And it, it means, to Anita's point, freeing up data to find new sources of value. It's not just having data or having a data lake or, or something like that to just you know say that given I have the data, I have the power. But what are you doing with that data to create some new sources of value, unearth some insights that the organization doesn't have. That's really what data-driven finance is. Mm-hmm. And very few organizations actually have that capability, right? So I, 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 I think it's not data for reporting. It's not data for power. It's actually data for value. Um, and I think if you can create that value from data, that's what data-driven finance is to me. And very few organizations are there. I would love to get your view on uh, on muscle groups that you think finance needs to either develop or, or, or bulk up to, to be data-driven. Right, right, right. But, but before I get there, right, I mean, just to kind of uh, re-emphasize or emphasize what, uh, what Saurabh just said, I think at EXL, we actually define the data-driven organizations or rather, there are four key tenets for every successful data-driven enterprise. Right? Um, number one is access to the right data. Clearly, you know, garbage in, garbage out. You need to have access to the right data and, and make sure that you use the right data for doing your analysis. Number two is you know, harnessing that data to derive meaningful insights. And you do that at speed. And Anita just spoke about uh, the importance of uh, speed. So insights at speed is the second core tenet. Number three is what you do with that insight, right? It's great to have insights, but that insight need to be embedded into your operations. And then lastly, you know, continuously evolving it. Right? It's not once and done. It is continuously evolving. Now, this is a big, big initiative uh, for many, many organizations. Clearly, people have taken step. This is something that every company today, every client of ours has recognized as uh, perhaps uh, a very important and strategic uh, area for them to focus in on. But I will tell you there are multiple challenges here. Right, uh, starting with the with the right quality of the data. Now, Anita spoke about how important uh, you know having the right quality of data. Many organizations do not have the data repository or data lake or 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 one place where they could get the right quality of the data. Number two is of course the the talent, and I referred to talent at the beginning. That you know this is not just you having data scientists or you having uh, people who understand the business 
or understand technology, you need to have all uh, the, the different skills are necessary, including the data science, uh, the business knowledge, soft skills and the articulation and presentation skills. So this requires uh, people to have multiple skills. Uh, so that has become a, a challenge for large organizations. And number three is, you know, the change management, right? Uh, so people are used to making decisions based on their prior experience and their intuition. And now when we force people to make uh, decisions based on data, it is a big, big change. And companies are finding that change management to be uh, you know, one of the stumbling blocks as well. So uh, I think there are challenges, but I will tell you that uh, you know, we are very, very encouraged by what we see in the marketplace and, and among our client community. Uh, as I said, one, they have recognized the importance of this, and two, many of them are making the right investment uh, in this area. One of the key things you mentioned was access to data, right? That's a fundamental. Um, so, so Anita, you you know your clients operate in an industry where uh, that can be a fundamental challenge, right? Due to data uh, privacy and sensitivity in healthcare. So, um, putting that aside, how do you think? Um, finance functions in healthcare should think about this idea of becoming data-driven and, and how would you define that? Yeah, no, I mean, I think healthcare is heavily regulated, obviously, and there, you know, needs to be clarity on the benefit to the patient on how you're using any, any data. Um, but there are, you know, lots of methods around this. The, the work we do for our banking clients at EXL um, is under, you know, a heavily, heavy regulation as well. And uh, we've been able to work with a number of clients on, um, you know, structuring their data, their data lake or their Delta Lake, if they're moving into the cloud and doing it with the right high trust certification with HIPAA uh, protections in place. And, it, you know, it, it is difficult. I mean, one of your questions was, you know, why haven't we moved faster? And I was thinking, cause it's hard. <laughs> It's, um, it's hard work and it, it takes real, you know, commitment from the top. I, I think Kenny did a, a great job of outlining, you know, some of the key elements of making that transition to becoming a data-driven, a data-led enterprise. Um, and, and even before that, it starts with some commitment at uh, the leadership level to make that investment in people and in culture change and to make that investment in creating the right secure technology uh, infrastructure where you can start to put your data in place. You can link it, you can put in the right access controls so that you can uh, perform the analytics that you need to in order to identify those opportunities for creating value within your operation or within your um, enterprise. So I, you know, I, th I think it's doable. It, it takes persistence and, you know, some, some organizations will, you know, need to focus on different ways of getting started. You know, with some, you do have that commitment at the senior level and you can start out with a, a technology plan and an investment in creating your, your data warehouse or your Delta Lake. Um, and in others, you might need to start uh, with a little bit uh, less ambition 
And rather than pulling together all the data for the enterprise, which is where you will ultimately want to get to, uh, maybe you start with a few use cases. You know, you can start if you're a healthcare organization, you can start with some value-based care use cases that would um, start to show value by putting the data together, doing the analytics, and then you know, taking some kind of action in a data-driven way that might influence uh, physician decision-making or, um, you know, that, that's probably a, a pretty ambitious goal, but to actually get the right uh, messages out to your patients and to your members, uh, taking into account behavioral characteristics as well as their health status and what the next best action might be for them. You know, you can uh, tie those uh, outreach methods uh, into better data with uh, better analytics behind it to actually start to make a difference for um, your patients one by one. And, and that will also make a difference in your revenue and your profitability too. So um, we've actually found through this study that there's a subset of, of companies that are uh, making strong progress on on elements of data driven finance. So Saurabh would love for you to uh, share with us in our you know last few questions here on on um, who are these companies and what is the secret sauce. I think the one of the most fascinating findings of of this joint study um, was that there's this correlation between fast moving companies and data driven finance. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it is not a it is not a linear correlation, but there seems to be uh, there seems to be a relationship. Uh, you know, if you look at the fast-moving companies who are growing fast, there's a much higher incident of respondents who classify themselves to be data-driven versus mm -hmm. slow-moving companies who are not moving on a relative basis as fast in terms of growth and profitability, and and seem to be less data-driven. So the, then the question becomes, why is that, right? Um, and I think, I think one of the things that I found um, was that it's something to do with the mindset. Um, and essentially, you know, if you look at these slow-moving companies who are less data-driven, we ask them, "What do you want your finance function to be?" And their top choices were cost and compliance. And when we ask these fast-moving companies who are more data-driven, what do you what do you want finance to be when you grow up, right? And their answers were, um, you know, we want to be a strategic advisor. We want to drive business outcomes, and so I I think that is a fundamental difference in the mindset and the commitment of what you want to be. Um, and then if if you want to be just cost and control and compliance, then you'll obviously not take the hard path to to drive towards data. But if your aspirations are higher than than that, then you will take the hard path and at least try and struggle with it and and get there. And I think that to me, you know, is the fundamental difference between companies who are data driven and who are not. Is what do you want to be? You know, do you do you really want to drive this growth and do you have aspirations for your finance functions? Or you're, or you're happy where you are, uh, you know, and I think that's that mindset is is for me, at least that's what I took away from the from the whole study. Yeah, 
yeah, starts starts from that intention setting, right? Um, so, Kinney, bring us home. Um, what are the best practices you're seeing from your most successful clients on on this journey to data driven? Yeah. So, uh, three things, uh, Ritika. First of all, uh, you know, uh, it, it starts from the top, right? Uh, in in uh, you know, in the audit and the risk management world, we call it a stone at the top. So it all starts with how the top management, uh, the CEOs, the CFO, the business leader, see this uh, and and value this data-driven approach. Right? Uh, so number one, it has to start from the top. It has to be the message and the priority should yeah. be at, at, at a strategic level. So that's number one. Number two is, you know, we have seen companies, uh, you know, who adopted this, don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good, in the sense that you don't, you, you don't have to wait for everything to be perfect, right, before you start embarking on this journey. We have seen companies who have been very, very successful taking a set of data which is clean, which, is, which they have access to, and start generating the insights. So once you kind of start something, then it has uh, you know a snowball effect. Then it kind of you know gets picked up. So don't let the the, the perfect be the enemy mm-hmm. of the good. And then lastly, uh, you know it is about evangelizing it, marketing it, and letting know uh, about the successes that you have had. So one of our clients. Make sure that in every uh, you know town hall meetings, in every sort of occasion that they have, they actually shine light on some of the successes that they have had by adopting this data-driven approach, albeit the small successes, right? And that has created a buzz. That has created uh, you know enormous amount of interest across the organization. To, to embrace this path and and we have seen many many uh, you know functions uh, adopting this uh, data driven approach so those are the three sort of uh, uh, prime examples or prime best practices that we have seen i love that and so from what you're all saying um, it, 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 this isn't about you know one single product implementation or the setup of a COE, but it's really a long-term shift until it's just the way in which you do business. Um, and and it, it starts from that, you know, mindset shift. So um, thank you. That's all we have time for today. Um, Kenny, Anita, Saurabh, that was fantastic. Uh, and thank you to you for, for watching. Um, if you liked our discussion today, make sure you go and check out our research report on the EXL and HFS research websites and come find us on LinkedIn to share your thoughts on, on this idea of data-driven finance. So thank you and have a great day.